When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Betches Media presents. Madam Speaker, Madam Vice President. You want to hang out with us? Get your vaccine. And so I went to Human Resources. There are some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The Betches Sup Podcast. A woman's problem, if you will. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. And I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Happy Thursday. Happy coup anniversary. How are we feeling today, Millie? Not not well, bitch. No, uh, no, I am a COVID bitch. Yes, right uh, now. But we think we think, but you can't get a test because it's just so easy to get a test two and a half, two years into the pandemic, right? <laughs> well, I did get test. It's easy to get tested. It's not very easy, easy to, to get, get someone results. right. It's very easy to get <laughs> oh, somebody right. on the streets of New York to shove something up your nose, but then you got to sure. wait five Are days. you going to get it back? Who are those people? <laughs> Is it a legitimate company? What happened? I don't oh, know. Oh God, what are they doing? They're gonna like catch my my male relatives in the, like in like a cold case crime. And I thought it was a COVID test. <laughs> well, I did um do you know rainbow like clothing stores? Of course. Yeah. So I did my second PCR test in a closed, <laughs> like rainbow type store. Oh my god. Oh, that is girl. bleak. That is bleak. There's a lot of well, things like that. Just like the graveyard doing yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's like uh, the, you know, the falling American empire, commercial real estate vacancies now turn into pop-up testing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, after the Halloween, after the spirit Halloween's leave, then the, the pop-up testing centers show up. Yeah. It's good um, they were available. Well, and you know what? We were talking about some HBO Max, like reboots and stuff. <laughs> I picked a great time to start watching Station Eleven, y'all. Uh, which <laughs> started time. watching it a few days ago. It's great, but Jesus. I've rejected that. I, I can't be more anxious in my leisure time. That's why I haven't watched Yellow Jackets, but everybody Same. says it's amazing. Everyone says Yellow Gross. Jackets is amazing. Station Eleven is good because it's like, what is the role of art? in a crisis you know that's kind of the overall message and a lot of other stuff but that's just like the pandemic has happened and the world has ended Mm -hmm. and then they they, do shakespeare shows and like so it's just cool yeah i didn't realize that was what it was about interesting yeah so the so it is like a pandemic like Mm -hmm. covid but 99 percent survive like mortality but then it goes like 20 years after that there's like a shakespeare troupe that travels and blah, blah 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 Oh, so there's like that up this weekend. repopulation happening and re-economizing. 
Yeah, so, so they have to pay to go to the Shakespeare shows. Do people no, but, but it's really interesting, which is there's a lot of parallels. And I will say the first episode is when it starts happening. But they call the kids, the people who survived the thing pre-pans and all the kids who were born after the pandemic post-pans. Wow. So there's like a trauma. And so there's like yeah. a battle between like the younger and the older generations of like okay, that people who held that real. trauma. It's really cool, but Can it I is crazy. It? Can I ask if there's any like blood or gross stuff in it? Um, like, no, like, okay, no. I don't think. It, well, Yellow Jackets, I did hear that. Yes, Yellow Jackets, stuff, so that's why I can't watch it. It's like, that's why I'm violent. nervous. This is more like, like, I think one time they hunted deer, like they're hunting and cutting up a deer, but like, that's okay. whatever. That but it's more of like, you do like hear coughing or there is hospital. So it's triggering in that way of like, it's a more extreme version of COVID for sure. Um, but it isn't like bloody or gory or anything like that. Yeah. yeah well, I can handle, like, a emotionally- little bit. It's a little bit. It's a little bit. I, I can handle like, something being like emotionally bleak way better than I can handle it being like violent. And same. Same. Yeah. There's like, some. I'm not going to say there's not. I can only okay. watch something if it's emotionally bleak. Speaking of which. <laughs> Today. She something aligned with how she's. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, in the in the in the Netflix uh, ten limited series on the yeah. <laughs> starring who well, Matthew McConaughey great. as Shaman. That's cute. Oh, oh my man, god, that's that a little so on funny. the nose. That is a little on the nose. But today, Kinda of works. course, officially marks the one year anniversary since thousands of Americans seized the U.S. Capitol in the biggest and most deadly terror attack on our nation's capital, on our nation actually since nine eleven. So we had a really awesome conversation with Kate and Elise yesterday where we actually success, I think we successfully tried to be optimistic, believe it or not, about the possibilities available to Democrats in Congress, about how they can be creative and use the tools that they already have. There are some post-Civil War tools available here that they have not creatively flexed yet, uh, just to expedite this process and figure out what's happening. We also had a talk, a chat about what the media needs to do better. Obviously, this morning, we've been exposed to a lot of images we haven't seen for a year. I mean, we talk about the attack all the time. Whenever somebody else is arrested or charged, we see their picture. We see their mugshot. We see their picture on January 6th. But I personally have have found myself pretty impacted by the saturation of, of today. What about you guys? Yeah, I'm just concerned that, like, it isn't going to make enough people care. So, yeah, you know, maybe people will care today, but... What about when the Republicans are going to take the House? And and what about the fact that the committee is, look, the committee is is trying. They're trying. Obviously, I'm not going to like knock them for not trying, but they're moving like a little too slowly, like as if there's not a deadline when they might lose Congress or like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't understand why they're not acting. It's Amanda, I said this to you, it's almost like they're functioning as if the world still moves at the same pace it did in 1970. Yeah, we did talk about this yesterday. It's like the way that these like when the legal system was built, it was like, what do you need to expedite a subpoena? Like send an email. It's like you don't need to right. leave time for the passenger pigeon and like the horse drawn carriage to get you that. Like we should have laws that specifically mandate the ex like expediting subpoenas that relate to insurrection. That seems obvious. Right. You would think that like overthrowing the government or trying to overthrow the government, maybe that's the word we need to use more. They tried to overthrow the government. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that's not like 
number one priority in everybody's mind. I mean, the thing is like, there's nothing we can do right now. I mean, like the person that is really in charge is like Merrick Garland and they're doing their stuff behind the scenes. And I like to think they have this huge criminal case that they're putting together that they're going to drop and like have a criminal case against Donald Trump. But I mean, all that we can do is keep putting pressure on them, but I just don't want people to feel like they're not doing enough. (laughs) No, like he, he, he came out yesterday and he said, you know, he gave, I think a speech that was considered pretty serious and people were like happy with, you know, the tone, but that none of that, like, that's a speech. None of that matters. If the consequences aren't there. And he says, you know, we're trying to resolve the easier cases first, but, but the, that time wrong. matters. Yeah. Like, like the the time in which you hold these people accountable matters. And for okay, I will say, um, they don't even know who. Someone was telling me they live in D.C. The then they had camera footage of like near the DNC and RNC with the pipe bombs. No one came to her for three months mm. to get that footage, mm. and. She was like, it's gone after 30 days. It's like, why aren't you going immediately yeah. the next mm. day to get that footage from all the people in the area? Yeah. And it's just, okay, it it almost seems like Mueller Report-esque where their own lack of aggression will lead them to not have a case. Yeah, it is this like overall trend that we've been talking about, about Democrats being reactive, and playing by the old rules and, you know, not really playing offense even, but this is like extreme, like they're not even playing aggressive defense, which is, you know, crazy. And it's not like, I mean, I know sometimes I think in my head that it's helpful if Democrats had their own media machine like Fox News, like really aggressive, really blowing shit out of proportion. Mm-hmm. I, You know, I don't know if that's like for the betterment or like healthy, like democracy, if we need that. But at the same time, I wish we had some semblance of something that's like getting a strong message across about why these things are important and what they mean. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that the fact that um you know, they've never flown in a Confederate flag before, not even during the Civil War. Like they would never even do that during the Civil War. Um, that should continually you know, be making people so furious. Like that. Should, it, yeah, where's exactly. the fire under their ass to like hustle? Yeah, like, nowhere. It's kind of like the FDA where like they didn't approve certain vaccines or they didn't go and be aggressive with stuff because they're used to the bureaucracy and mm-hmm. they want to play it safe and all this stuff. But it's just like. If you're not going to use this, like the tools, you know, like exactly when other when like now is the time to expedite stuff or to be aggressive. And and then it is just like allowing for room for for if you're like for take your progressive to feel like hopeless. If you're mm-hmm. not sure you're informed, then you that seeps in misinformation. So, right. Just for, to make it look like you're doing something. Pretend, yeah. put on a show. <laughs> I mean, that's what the Fox News people do. You exactly, know, like exactly. they're not, they don't make any policies. They don't do shit, but they have strong messaging and they get that across and they fucking have other countries that like inundate our social media with their fucking messaging. So that's what I mean of like, mm-hmm. I wish we had a little bit of that. I mean, Millie, what you're saying is like, you're saying, oh, they shouldn't blow things out of proportion. 
I don't really think that like you need to blow things out of proportion. Like you can just state the facts and um, they sound pretty bad. I, I, again, it goes to that asymmetry between their message of fear and, you know, xenophobia and don't listen to the government, all the bullshit between like versus a message of sort of like nuance and rationality and, you know, going according to norms. Like that's just not as captivating as getting, you know, a a cult, a small cult is more Mm -hmm. effective than, you know, just a bunch of loosely sane Mm -hmm. (laughs) people who have a similar belief, but aren't that motivated because they're not cultified. Yeah. I mean, I think the the problem is that the Republicans and their actions, like they've just expanded the Overton window of like what's normal and Mm. them being like mostly okay with sedition and insurrection. They've changed the status quo to that. So the media just covers that as if like, it's, it's no, this is just, they're letting that change happen. And Democrats are sort of letting them guide the way there. They're just letting it, they're just letting it happen where we, we, we do have a few people like Eric Swalwell comes to mind, who is super aggressive on Twitter and is constantly like is constantly every day infuriated about the Capitol attack and pointing something out about it. And we need more people to be doing that for sure. You know what I think? I think Democrats like to get the last word and Republicans and in life, I think people always want like the last word, but really it's better to have the first word. Republicans always have the first word. They're always setting up the frame of how we're going to discuss any conversation. And then our conversations become about responding to their Mm-hmm. completely out of the realm of what is appropriate conversations. Mm-hmm. So we need to like start getting the first word message first before they can message. Don't just respond to their like lies and be like, no, it's a lie. Like say your thing. Yeah. I mean, I mean they've done so many studies where it's like, once people see something, it's very mm-hmm. hard for them, even if it's been corrected multiple times. So I think that's a, that's a really good point. And, and it is a good point in two of like, it's once people see something, but also the way to battle misinformation is to not just say that that is wrong, but to provide like the facts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that is that's how we battle it. And again, like it, it, it's a bummer. Um, I, I remember like all these politicians sharing their accounts and even seeing videos of Mitt Romney run for his life mm-hmm. and all these things. And these people were actually scared. And it's yeah. we're very, very, very lucky that no one died that day. Yeah. Like, people did die. People did die. But um, that no that they didn't murder politicians died. on TV right, is right. what we're very lucky to see that we didn't they see. Had and that was Cheney. They had Liz Cheney on the daily this morning and they asked her like, is that, is that story true that like Jim Jordan was like, ladies, can we help you? And she was like, get the fuck off me. You did this. And she's like, yes, that, that is accurate. It's yeah. I mean, we we should talk about Liz Cheney. We will. She's on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about Liz Cheney in a second, but Andy Kim, the representative from New Jersey, I believe tweeted out a thread of all of the Republicans who condemned Trump and his lies on March 6th. And it's all January the people 6th. who now, sorry, March 6th, what the hell? January 6th. <laughs> like, and now you can, all of those people who yeah, condemned him are like doing his bidding. And they're mm-hmm. now saying that the insurrectionists were defending democracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just, you can't trust one word they say no nothing. matter when they say it. It's just, yeah. No, and, nothing and they say difficult. is in good faith. It's difficult because there are people like we said, like 
Then you have Merrick Garland. Like these people literally are contradicting what they said one year ago. Mm-hmm. And then you have Merrick Garland and like other people, like other Democrats running and, and acting like if it's politics as usual. And mm-hmm. it's really, really, really not. Um, and, and that's frustrating. And again, I just think, you know, I'm, you know, I love AOC. Like, I think she's great. Her like po- January 6th things like really impacted me hearing her talk and all that stuff. And like, mm-hmm. fuck, like, I wish that I, I know that like, I'm not in it, so I don't know, but I wish that she was more empowered and like the d- Democrats in Congress and even in Senate could like learn from her yeah. because she does. I'm like, if we had more people that had that kind of messaging and it's been growing, you know, we have Cory Bush now. Um, Pramila yeah. Pramila, yeah. So, you know, we do, but it's just like, yeah, that's the example of mm-hmm. what it looks like when, you know, there's a strong message, right. strong social media and all that stuff. And, and I wish there yeah. was an infrastructure for that within our party. And if and if 80 year old congressional leaders don't want don't know how to employ that messaging, fine, then give them the mic. These other mm-hmm. younger, more charismatically that like know how to communicate and know how to keep the heat up. Or like give it to your staff who is young, knows how to tweet. Yeah. Like Sheldon Whitehouse has a great Twitter. I don't know if he's the one tweeting, but the messaging is just very clear. And like, if more people were on his messaging, you would, I mean, he has obviously his beat about the courts and the money. Mm -hmm. So that should be louder. You know, that's Mm -hmm. obviously very important. You have Roe versus Wade for who knows how much longer. So it's just, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. It's really depressing though. I mean, that's by design though, right? They want to depress us and make us feel, but like really, it's frustrating because Democrats and the left are have and are winning the culture war wars. Mm-hmm. Like Republicans will never win again, like culture wars. The majority of people don't care about gay marriage anymore. Yeah. Majority of people really don't care about abortion. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like the you know, there's things well, we, we that talked, hold them. We talked about this. Uh, we talked about this a lot yesterday, but it's like because Republicans have had structural advantages for so long, it has magnified like how much their how popular their ideas actually are and how yeah. much they are winning the culture war. And like for they haven't for a very, very long time. They just because gerrymandering and lying and lack of mm-hmm. ethics, they've just been able Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. 
Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. So let's talk about what Republicans are up to these days. They're basically acting like it's just a normal sixth day of January. Most of them are like, get an easy way out and are dodging everything. They're at the funeral of former Georgia Senator Johnny Isaacson. So they're in Atlanta. But one Republican who who obviously is sort of standing out is Liz Cheney. She's somebody whose political persona has been, I'd say, completely reshaped by January 6th. Liz Cheney, the Republican from Wyoming, was pressured by her party to apologize for voting to impeach Donald Trump and ultimately removed from her number three spot in Republican leadership when she did not apologize for that vote. She's one of just two Republicans who were approved to serve on the House Select Committee investigating the attack. And she's maintained the hard line that Donald Trump is a danger to the country and a disgrace to the Republican Party. It's very strange that this anti-abortion, pro-gun, warmongering daughter of Dick Cheney has come to be like a symbol of American democracy. So what do we think her kind of political future will be? Sammy, you have a very disturbing theory to me. I mean, it makes perfect sense that Liz Cheney is one of the only people who is capable of, I think, like making this bigger than it than it than the Democrats would make it because she's not afraid to go to the mattresses as the Democrats mm. are. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not afraid so to, like, to she's not afraid to like leak shit to the media. She's not afraid to to say things so that it sparks action. And that's the difference that with her and the Democrats is that she's willing to employ Republican strategies against Republican fascism. And my prediction is like, I hate to say this, but I feel that she is possibly going to make the difference between accountability and not accountability. And I, if I'm her, I'm thinking I want to save democracy and then become president of the democracy. Mm. And I think if it gets to a certain point, there are people who would, I think there are a lot of Democrats who would vote her in over Mm. another option, you know, Mm -hmm. like a DeSantis or a, who the fuck knows who they'll run? Like, you really never know who they'll put up. But I think she- You think Liz Cheney would win Democrats? Yes. If it was her versus Trump or- or Yeah. Like- But she's not going to run as a Democrat. But How Democrats would she win would Democrats? Vote for her. She could run as an independent. Yeah, and Democrat. Like I'm, I'm not like I wouldn't vote for her. But I know if it that, was her like, versus a fascist, a person who no, was. No, you're talking Josh about a primary. Holly. Why would Democrats be voting in a primary? Oh no, I'm not. No, I'm saying she could run as an independent, or oh, she could okay. like. But there know, would still be a Democratic nominee. I just feel like there'd be yeah, like center that, white people who would vote for yeah. her. There's always some, yeah. Right, but the Democratic nominee, depending who they are, they could be someone who's like so uninspiring yeah. that it could just become like apparent that 
you need to vote for Liz. Like, let's say you're seeing the polling and it's like 30, 30, 30. I actually think more Democrats would vote for Liz Cheney because they're afraid. Sort of like how they went for Biden over mm-hmm. anybody else. Yeah. And, over Bernie. And like, I almost feel that if, if Liz, if Liz Cheney had four years, I think the first four years, she would probably be like building democratic stuff up rather than like being extra partisan is my guess because she would want to be able to win again rather than like go into fascism yeah i mean i think she has a much better chance if she drops some of her anti-abortion stuff then i think she has a much easier but she's not she's not gonna need to drop it because weight is gone she doesn't ever have to talk about it yeah um, like she, she could just be like, it doesn't matter. It's a court decision. No, no, they're not going to let it. Democrats aren't going to let it go. And that like a woman running for president, not have to talk about it. Yeah. But well, I, it doesn't like matter. You know what I mean? Like no I, one, most of the country isn't seeing these conversations. I, I think that, <laughs> I think that the reason why she's so brave is because her dad's Dick Cheney. Like she doesn't have <laughs> shit to lose. She'll never get discredited for anything and she doesn't need like money she doesn't need money but she doesn't need like the like this she will always have a a sanction of republicans that will support her just because of her family legacy um and because of her dad's dick cheney and and all that and and i think she's not gonna get that like Right. If she were anyone but Liz Cheney, we wouldn't be talking about this right now. Well, she wouldn't. She would fall in line with Trump. Yeah, no, I she, no, no, no. I just yeah. mean she would not have yeah. survived what her party did to her. Yeah. It just shows how much money and power free you from influence. Exactly. And part of why Trump was not free from influence is because he didn't have any money. And that's why Mitt Romney can stand, can stand up because he doesn't need this job. Like, yeah. he doesn't need this job. Liz Cheney doesn't need this job. And they're able to say, my reputation in history is worth more to me than like what's going to happen in the next year. Like, and that is something that you can only really achieve if you have like money and status on your own. Yeah. But I think that's like the bad part of politics, right? Is like, yeah, that's I mean, true. I think right, that's right, like a, right, good, yeah. a good result of it's a, a bad rare thing because, benefit. Because yeah, like the, on the opposite, it's like, all these people need stimulus. All these people need child tax credit. All, the, all these things that happen, but because of somebody who, like Joe Manchin, who doesn't care about his reputation, doesn't yeah. need the money, doesn't need any, or, or actually is needing the money, but is getting it from coal mine, whatever. Right. Like it's kind of I'm the really, opposite of that. I'm not really espousing this as like my ideal situation. It's more yeah. like um, we're in a really tough spot because the solutions we, you know, that were on yesterday that the Democrats could do. Those are good solutions if they could happen, but they yeah. can't happen. So what's like the option? And I I don't know. I I feel that, you know, as like idealistic as I am, and I would love for all of these things to pass. And like, you know, for us to have that vision that we saw in the 10 hours after, you know, John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock won mm-hmm. and thinking we were going to get everything we wanted or hoping that, I just feel like, you have to work within like the pragmat, the, the pragmatism of what's happening. And it's like, there's no, like if Liz Cheney is the person who can like make a difference, like, I guess it gotta be her, you know? It's tough because I see what you're saying, but then I also see like the other point of view of like, well, if we work pragmatically, like 
I don't mean that, that's how... I don't mean like progressives should be working yeah. like pragmatically to find a middle ground with Liz Cheney. No. I mean like the pro democracy people need to like we're never going to get uh healthcare or any of these things if we're under fascism we're going to be like forced to birth babies but do these it's, things you know, not but these things can coexist like pursuing democratic objectives and supporting Liz Cheney on the House Select Committee investigating Republicans i mean these things yeah but those things aren't going to happen like the the only way to i think at this point get anything done unless Joe Manchin gives in and changes the filibuster rules on voting rights or something i don't see how we will ever get anything ever again unless like the Republicans Less. will probably win the House. And after that, like, what, 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 what's next? But what's this like, have to do with Liz Cheney? Because Liz Cheney, I think, is able to, like, PR the situation in a way that might actually change the public opinion. I see. I don't know. I feel like you're giving Liz Cheney so much. I think what she's one of the few people who can actually, like. You mean, like, between now and midterms? Yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about like she has, I think, more ability to sway those people who need to be swayed, like those middle kind of on the fence people that Republicans cannot be in power ever again. Okay, got it. That's really my point. It's just that I think she has like media power, not like. And do you think Democrats need to do more to harness Liz Cheney's media power or just not? I do. Okay, I do is what I'm saying. I think like. Democrats are not effective communicators. Do you think she wants to even (laughs) like, yes, I do. I think to her, I think top priority. I don't think there's any part of her that's like, oh, I'd really be better under the fascism, especially not now. No, but she's just, she's a Republican. She is a Republican. She's not on the Democrat side for this. She's just, she would say she's on the Republican side and just, yeah, I I feel like, but she's, I hear what you're saying, but I'm like, you're giving her so much and I am because got none. I know I'm giving her a lot, but I'm giving so. her a lot because when you ha- like, we're not going to be able to do it on our own. There's mm-hmm. just no way. So what, what is it? Save democracy. Okay. Like it. not go into fa- like yeah. That's literally where I am right now. I'm not talking about policies of, you know, us getting everything we want in terms of climate change. I'm talking about literally us not living in a fascist country. Yeah. I mean, she could, yeah, she could definitely take the mic more often on her own. And I think she does. But yeah, I think like lots of ads should include maybe like even ads around the midterms for Democrats. Like, look, it's even even Republicans are saying this is this is not acceptable. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. 
Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. I've had enough of Liz Cheney for today. So we're going to think about some, we're of course today thinking about the officers who fell that day, but we're also thinking about another group of patriots. The women who outed their insurrectionist exes to the FBI after seeing them storm the Capitol. Uh, I think on a recent podcast, Millie, you anointed these people person of the year, which inspired this segment, but I'm going to read a few headlines from the last year that made me smile. Man messages Bumble match from Capitol Siege. Woman responds, we are not a match, calls authorities. Feds, veteran arrested for Capitol riots, was turned in by ex-wife. Ex-girlfriend leads FBI to Capitol riot suspect who called her a moron in text. Bumble dating app trips up another Capitol riot suspect. This girl was amazing. She basically just like chatted with this guy and, and was coaxing him to send her information and pictures, just like keep hanging himself. And then she sent <laughs> it all along. Like, and finally, so cool, MAGA. <laughs> right, exactly. Like she literally was like, what else do you see? Whose office are you in? When did you get there? Who are you with? Like, oh my God, I hate work. <laughs> Oh Incredible work. And finally, a 25 year old from Tampa says it's her quote, civic duty to look for rioters on dating apps. And Bumble did, I think they did something weird in the immediate aftermath of the Capitol riot. Like they're, they were trying to prevent some of this reporting, but eventually they basically like were able to capture anyone that had posted pictures that looked like a Capitol riot and removed them, removed them from the app. Did I tell you I got a cease and desist from Bumble? From no. what? <laughs> I run it. So I run a satire site and um, we we like somebody wrote a headline that was like um, the satire site for people of color. And someone wrote a, has- a headline that said, like, this Bumble dating feature shows you which people were actually at Black Lives Matter protests and which one just posted oh. the black square. And, <laughs> Bumble, so funny. and before they became IPOs. Yeah. They were they they sent me the cease and desist to my like oh, old no. apartment um, because they're super they're super sensitive when they got publicly yeah. traded girl boss girl boss yeah um, they they have a lot of money to send you cease and desist for every yeah so we had it true yeah but I, thankfully I got like some friends at the Onion t- to help me out with their legal team just to be like wow nice with you yeah it's I know this is use. parody yeah. Or yeah, like yeah. a reasonable exactly. person. Yeah, blah, yeah, blah, a reasonable blah. person would know it's a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, there's still an insurrectionist um, loose on the Upper East Side. Like he was arrested, <laughs> but he's still just like back on the Upper East Side, and he's just not allowed to go to DC. I think. But um, was he like somebody's kid, like a politician's kid? Or no, something? he's like or... an adult. Like he's just like a guy. His name is Samuel Fisher, and he appears to be. Oh, he's 33. Okay, uh-huh. so um, I'm here. My favorite character from the insurrection 
was the person. That was another game I was going to maybe ask us to play. Oh, really? Sorry. <laughs> was... No, uh, do it. Who's your favorite? No, I didn't. I didn't put it on here. So I'm glad you volunteered it. Who's your Well, because this one. Okay. The, the Remember the young girl in her 20s who got Nancy's Pelosi's laptop yes. and was trying to sell it, but it was just a laptop in the conference room where they do yeah. like PowerPoints. <laughs> so she was like, I'm going to sell government secrets. And it's just like PowerPoints about like health benefits or something <laughs> that they do like for orientation. And she got snitched on by her ex-girlfriend because she's like bisexual or something. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Um, so that one, I was waiting for that one. I didn't hear it. I think oh, my favorite's the, the woman. That. I think my favorite's the woman who took the private jet and was like, I'm not going to get arrested. I'm white and rich. Mm-hmm. I'm sooner than she did. 60 days in jail. 60 I mean, days in not jail. Not enough, but, but whatever. Not enough, but, like, but whatever. I mean, it's days to think about what you did and how you maybe shouldn't have. No, she's going to jail. She said, listen, Jenna Ryan's on a diet. She said she's going <laughs> to come out rich. She's going get fit in jail. <laughs> Yeah, we voted her most likely to succeed, most co participant, most likely to succeed in prison. Yeah. This sounds she's like ready. she's using it as like a rehab rather than. She thinks it's, it's yeah, she doesn't know what she's getting into. Well, at least Ghislaine, Ghislaine Maxwell is honest about what's going on in there. Ghislaine Maxwell's husband broke up with her. I know. Over the phone. So funny. <laughs> I didn't know that she was remarried. Like Either. that was shocking to me. To a much younger guy, too. Well, there's a trend. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, to close today, we're going to pivot to a, a non-insurrection. Unless we have any closing insurrection thoughts, I have none. I have none. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, I think it's important <laughs> that we keep talking about it because yeah. Republicans don't want to, and it's just something that was so crazy that happened in front of our eyes that I'll never yeah. forget. And like, yeah, exactly. Like, don't be gaslit into our, our listeners know, but in case we have any new ones this week that are getting used to the vibe on the podcast, like don't let Republicans gaslight you. This was as bad as everybody is saying. And worse, uh, honestly. we can't forget it worse. Absolutely. I'll, I'll tell you the emotional state I compare it to the days before the pandemic, when it was apparent that it was going to be like the two weeks before the pandemic, where it was like apparent we were not avoiding this and it was going to be a pandemic, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't here yet. And we were just, mm-hmm. and you're like waiting and you're waiting and I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, okay, well, can it just happen already so that we can commence our year of hell? Mm-hmm. And I know some people thought that was going to be two weeks, but there was just no way. I mean, <laughs> um, but like, I remember how I felt two weeks being, like crush the curve. <laughs> like, I, I remember feeling like, can we just start getting, start getting the cases going so we can get it over with and like go live in it. That's how I feel about the state we are in pre fascism. Just, yeah. And that's, it's, it's like, I just, I'm like, it, I hate this feeling of like, it's impending. There's nothing you can do to stop it. But, or like you personally are powerless to stop it, but it's like, if it's, a, if no one does anything, it's going to come. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, and that, it feels like the pandemic. It feels like climate change and climate change is also coming. We're going to close today with Millie's favorite theme, which is a uh, obnoxious man who wants to be coddled despite refusing to adhere to societal norms. We are, Ooh. of course are talking about Novak Djokovic. I'm saying that right, right? Yeah, that's correct. I always embarrass myself with athletes. <laughs> the number one, the number one ranked tennis player in the world was denied entry into Australia after a 10 hour standoff in the Melbourne airport yesterday. So this guy is unvaccinated. I guess he had not been super forthcoming previously, but it came out ahead of this uh, that he had not been vaccinated. And he has said some like anti-science stuff in the past. It seems like kind of a, a, a weird, a weird dude. And just ahead of the Australian Open, he believed he'd received a special medical exemption to play in the tournament. 
But this didn't necessarily translate into a medical exemption to the country's rules for entry. In order to enter Australia, you have to be fully vaccinated or quarantined for 14 days. Obviously, the tournament is before that. So Australians were furious hearing about the medical exemption. They have gone through it with COVID, obviously, and they got to 90% vaccination. And only recently have they been able to travel among their own states. So they were like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? And when the when Djokovic got to the airport, the federal government said, absolutely not. The state government where the tournament was held also then announced they wouldn't support his visa. Frankly, I mean, I think that Australians don't really like their their prime minister. He seems like a little obnoxious, but I think he saw how popular sentiment in Australia was really against this guy coming in. So he then invoked the federal government's authority to deny entry. So Djokovic has no like evidence that he can be there because basically he's like, you can't just be exempted from playing in the tournament if we don't exempt you for coming into the country. But he's refusing to leave. The world's number one ranked tennis player is currently being held in an immigration detention hotel as his lawyers file a legal challenge to the visa cancellation. So he can stay there until Monday awaiting appeal. But basically the people are like, no, you can't come in. I don't know what he's expecting, but this seems like it was like a completely botched botched process. And now he's just refusing to accept that he will not be exempt from from the rules. Uh, he even got like the president of Serbia got involved and all these Serbians in Australia are like outside the airport. Being like, let me play even though, yeah. even though I am not. Okay. Wasn't he, <laughs> didn't, okay. I, if I recall correctly, the last time I was paying attention to him was yeah. he was insulting Naomi Osaka for her not wanting to do press. That was so him. she got kicked out of the, an open because mm-hmm. she didn't want to do the, questions from the press after the after game. the game nothing Serena about playing not, the game right serena williams has been fine for her outfits yeah yeah oh yeah all right and he gets to come in just unvaccinated no problem even though australia has been so strict it's not yes. like it's not like it's like sweden where it's like okay whatever we don't really care that much yeah. they are so strict yeah and they go into lockdown constantly yep. and they're letting this asshole in yeah no i get that it it's especially angering because of what he said about Naomi Osaka, in my opinion. Well, yeah. And that's like for way less. You just like the rules don't apply to me. They apply to everybody else, but they don't apply to me. Absolutely. Why, why, why wouldn't I be able to enter this country that explicitly says they don't want my infectious ass in here. And now he's going to like hunker down in this immigration hotel and try to cause an international incident. I mean, between this and Have like fun. the Ukrainian minister being mad at Emily in Paris. Did you hear about that? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to put no. that in the morning announcements. I think tomorrow. I, so why are they funny. mad? They're mad because like, and I, they might be, I think I fell asleep during this episode, but there's like a very like bad or problematic, maybe portrayal of like a Ukrainian person who's shoplifting and in, in the show it's bad. Honestly, when I watched it, I was like, this is very bad. And oh, I, shit. I and asleep. I don't even like, you know, what am I, yeah. I don't have no skin in the game. And I was like, this oh, is very, very stereotypical. So much. What? We have put the Ukrainians through too much. Yeah, no, it's very stereotypical. With holding like, arms. Generic Eastern European, mm-hmm. like bad kind of skeevy vibes. And like, she couldn't speak properly and she like shoplifted and it was just like fucked up. Oh, well, he is, well, he's mad at Netflix. Well, then, you know, Emily and Paris team needs to do what they did with the Golden Globes and fly out all the prime ministers and put them up in a five star <laughs> hotel uh, to get them unpissed at them. I can't believe that actually like no one flagged that in the script, to be fully honest, that this is like a very offensive. I can't imagine that the Emily and Paris team <laughs> is 
There was contrived of like culturally sensitive, (laughs) culturally sensitive writers. What I was going to say earlier is that, you know, the the prime minister of Australia saw a moment where he could gain popularity. So all we have to do for Joe Biden to get more popular on top of him forgiving student loans, he needs to do that before midterms. Mm. If he forgives student loans, brings back child tax, tax credit and we find one polarizing figure that everyone or one person that everyone hates. And he's like, you can't yes. come back. Yeah, we, uh, need a, we need a Djokovic or Emily in Paris for Joe Biden. If we get Kid Rock to go to Mexico <laughs> and then not let him back in, we could yes. make up. We could make up like a party cruise. We can. <laughs> and then invite Kid Rock. And then Joe Biden's like, no, only vaccinated people back in this country. He'll get some popular, you know. What if Ted Cruz went on a vacation? Got well, he's done that. Got an, a positive test, mm. and then Biden wanted to make him stay out. Wouldn't he have Depending. to stay out anyway? Like yeah, Biden, you have yeah. to. He, he he would totally try. He not would to. try that to would be not incredible. stay out. Okay, and Biden. So make if him you stay are out. in Mexico, you should invite Cancun Ted for a trip abroad. Infect him. Get real close. At the four seasons. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that is our show today. Millie, I hope you feel better. Thanks. I hope COVID doesn't catch any of us this weekend. I hope everybody is well and has a restful weekend. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. And I'm Millie Tamaras. And this is the Betcha Sub Podcast. The Betcha Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.